Welcome to the themed entertainment design show. This is Patrick Kling and our birthday boy, Andy Garfield. Hey, Andy, happy birthday. Thank you very much. Today's uh, Monday, January 31st. We had we just recorded a great show. You're all going to love it. Uh, we talked about Virgin Voyages. So we had several guests, talked about it. I went on the cruise myself. Andy, what did you think of the show? I thought it was a great show. I really enjoyed the discussion. I, you know, am an avid cruiser myself, so and I'm very uh, excited to uh, to go on a Virgin voyage even more now because you guys seem to really enjoy it and and I really uh, uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, how much of the things that you guys experienced have uh, changed or stayed stay the same or improved upon. All right, enjoy everyone. Hey, Andy, how you doing? I'm doing great, thanks. How are you? Happy birthday to the, the one and only Andy Garfield. Andy Thank is you very much. years old today. <laughs> no, I, 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 don't, I don't keep my age a secret. Uh, I, so today I turned 48 years old. I've, right, got, cool. I've got two years to figure out the big 5-0 birthday. Can I make so. some guesses about what it should include? Sure. So I say gambling. Cigars, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe uh, maybe some uh, scotch or alcohol. I'm more of a bourbon guy, but yeah, bourbon. close whiskey. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, CJ's like the Burbank Pub. It's like, mm, yeah, probably not. Um, yeah. I what I'd love here's my dream fiftieth birthday. I'd love to yeah. rent a castle in either like Ireland or like Slovenia or someplace cheap. Yeah. And and just like have a big destination birthday where where everybody comes to the castle and we for like a week and we just like you know go shooting and hiking and drinking and smoking and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> That's impressive. That's impressive. I like that. You know, like I'm, like De- Delton Abbey live. I yeah my my fortieth is in a couple of years. I, you know, mm-hmm. probably similar because you just turned forty eight. Mm-hmm. I'm turning 37 this year, so you'll you'll have to see to set the stage on what a 50th birthday can be, and then I'll know what I should do for my 40th. You know what I mean? There you go. Yeah, you could, and then just overcompensate. Yeah, go all over, go all out. All, start saving. Yeah, yeah. A like a, like a Saudi yeah. prince. Yeah. So <laughs> what? Uh, so what? Uh, birthday plans today or this week? Oh, <laughs> I no big plans this week. You know, it's like you know you can't go anywhere and do anything. So uh, just mm-hmm. keeping it. Uh, Keeping it low key today. I'm doing the show. Happy to be here with you and our guests and talking about cruising, which is one of my favorite things to do. Um, I probably would be on a cruise right now if, you know, things are a little bit different. But, uh, you know, um, I, uh, <laughs> the big exciting thing today, I'm going to pick up my friend from LAX during rush hour. And then, and then we're going to go to Smokehouse here in Burbank. Okay, fun, fun. That's a good plan. Good plans yeah. all around. Yeah, and then cigars and bourbon on the on the front porch after. So, yeah. Well, glad glad you have some fun birthday plans. And uh, do you have done anything anything in the past couple of weeks? I, yeah, I know you just got over COVID. 
I did. So like what what we didn't know when uh when we did the last show when I was I was ill is that I actually had a covid. I had tested negative the uh the Sunday the, the day before that I had tested negative and then like uh the next day I tested positive. So it was one of those things where like I got really sick and I still tested negative and then uh later I tested positive and I tested positive for like 2 weeks. I just tested negative last week. So uh but I'm fully recovered you know, and I made it through and now I have, you know, superpowers. Yeah. Are you kind of going out living it up? I mean, I would be out there, you know, going to meat packing plants and all that, you know, <laughs> just going on tours of abattoirs, the abattoirs of LA County. <laughs> well, you know, uh, before we get to our guests, I know we're still waiting for a couple of people like, you know, maybe we could go uh, have a little news roundup. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that the the biggest news of the week in theme park with, uh, was definitely the Universal Studios uh, Epic Universe announcement. So let's go ahead and review our. We actually predict we made a prediction a couple weeks, like our last show, wasn't it our last show in uh, early January? Let's see what we said on that. Let's see it. Prediction time. We'll move on. Epic Universe. I, I'm I'm thinking they might announce an opening year for this. That's my prediction. I think definitely. I think definitely not. I definitely agree. Do you do you do you have insider? If you have insider knowledge, just don't even say it. I'm gonna say they were originally planning 2023. I'm gonna say that it's gonna be they're gonna it's gonna be pushed back to 25. But that's I would, it. I would agree with that. Yeah, that sounds about right. 2025. Because that's three years from now, and it looks like it's about three years out. Yeah, that that being gracious, right? They're gonna have to really get going on it um, with, with that. But yeah, that's, that's late late 2020, like summer 2023 would be the goal, or 2025. That's that'd be it. That'd be it. So the whole they have all 2022, 2023, 2024, and then mm-hmm. half of 2025, right, to get their act together. That could be it. Yeah, I would say late spring, like May of 2025. Okay, cool. Well, that's we'll lock it in. We'll see if they make that announcement next year. Yeah. We'll see it. I love the music. It's just so exciting. Here's what I thought about. I couldn't stop thinking about when I saw that announcement. I'm like, you know, a, a bunch of things came to mind. And full disclosure, I... um. I'm still trying to get on the RFPs for this project and I, I would love to work on it. And, and I think it's a great idea, but I couldn't stop thinking about how, um, how, how much more money they would m- have made if they had not canceled it yeah. and it opened next year. And all of the people, all of our friends and colleagues that got laid off from Universal and the the whole trickle down, uh, down to vendors, uh, all the people that suffered from, from those layoffs and that, that what, what, what amounted to a relatively brief cancellation. And, you know, everybody thought like, oh, it's never going to come back or it's going to come back. It's going to be totally different and, and whatever, like I just, you know, and here they are, they're, they're announcing like, here's, they're building essentially what they were going to build in the first place with some small changes but like I just couldn't stop thinking about like if they had just kept going, yeah. it would be opening next year, and like it would go like gangbusters because everybody's going to be, you know, wanting to you know go to theme parks certainly next year. I mean, 
theme parks are doing great now, but like, I don't know, I just couldn't stop thinking about how like, man, I, you know, I feel like they, they, they should have just kept going. Well, and just thinking about all the talent that kind of went away and yeah. or, I mean, they kind of cleaned house where they, I guess where they felt appropriate, but you know, it, it's, if they would have turned it right back on or kept going, they could have grabbed a bunch of people from Disney and all those people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure that inevitably will happen, but it's very, yeah, it's very true that they would have just kept at it. They, I mean, it would have been huge, you know, mm-hmm. and right off of the 50th anniversary, which is a, fire, a couple of fireworks shows. Yep. Guardians, which is great. Guardians is great, but you know, that's, that's an interesting thing. So, that's uh yeah well you know well many you know we're both available <laughs> we're both available for universal for you know for who knows how long but you know uh, excited to hear that and they also did it was the most profitable quarter on rec- all those all the great metrics from universal so if you build rides they will come yeah it's and, true uh, I, I must say quite a turnaround like if if you would have told me you know after getting off of uh, Fast and Furious attraction, attraction, I say loosely, um, and that's the only ride I will ever ever publicly bash because they are, they did publicly. So I feel like it's smooth sailing from that. Yeah, once Thierry said said what he said, is like, oh, yeah. all bets are off. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like it, if that now they would have come off of you know Velocicoaster, Hagrid's. And opening, you know, we know there's a Minions. Uh, or, yeah, it's not confirmed, but they have Minions walls up, and they're hinting at it that that's in the, on the pipeline. You know, they really did quite a turnaround from some uh, shaky years um, just with all the screen rides and all that. So, I mean, I, I think Universal is a very exciting place to watch, you know. And, I agree. And, uh, one of our guests actually has worked uh, – he's been running a little late, but he also has worked, uh, has worked at Universal a little bit, and well, a lot of it. And um, it's great to see, you know, the competition. You know, and if they're – they're going off a, di- a different, you know, different market than Disney is. We'll see how the theme park. I think the theme park wars are alive and well. They're going on right now. And, yeah, uh, I think I think that's one of the big miscon the b- most common misconception about uh, the, the theme parks in Florida is that like there's really no competition between Disney and Universal. It's it's generally you know two completely separate demographics. There are yeah. not a lot of people besides locals. And even the locals are divided that go to both parks. It's either usually one or the other. Yeah. Well, speaking of, we did infer uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind it did make the news a little bit. Cool. That's a great shot. Uh, of this uh, taken from the monorail by Bio Reconstruct. Uh, Nova Corp ship has arrived. And I mean, that looks really cool. Can't wait to see it finish. Obviously, we know this is in progress. This is not finished. You'd have to be an idiot to think that. Um, so looking forward to see how this area develops and what it ends up looking like overall. But it was, it was pretty great. Cause, uh, you know, everything's been behind closed doors for so long, you know, the building went up, who knows what's what I know some people who know what's going on in there, but it's so exciting to see this massive attraction shape shape. And, you know, this is definitely going to be probably one of the most photographed things. Every single person is going to photograph themselves in front of this structure that goes on this attraction, even walks by it. And, you know, kudos to see such a great weenie right there in, in front of the attraction. Um, you know, I think it's awesome. It's very exciting, very dynamic. I, I just, I think it's, it's, you know, a beautiful addition to that area, you know? Um, yeah, it's cool. I, I, you know, you know, as you, as you see on Twitter, everybody's on Twitter, like bemoaning the, uh, that the box trust support, that's just like you know okay obviously it's not finished so like everybody (laughs) 
calm down. <laughs> yeah. Calm down. Everything's going to be all right yeah. um, with that. You know, and, and this is, yeah, it's interesting. I was actually in Magic Kingdom. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say what I did this week. I went to Magic Kingdom. We could pull this off, uh, Charlie. And uh, I did Genie. I used Genie Plus. Did you? I did. I did. So, you know, Kia, Kia and myself went to Magic Kingdom. First off, we know it's just such a trek to get over there. Um, we parked to the Polynesian. Um, well, I don't know. If I, I don't know if I could publicly say that without getting um, reprimanded. But uh, parked to the Polynesian and walked in, took the boat in, which was lovely. But it was a cold day. So we're having a cold front here in Orlando. You know, it's like, it's like in the 50s. And so in the sun, you're okay. In the shade, it's cold. And, <clears throat> you know, on a kind of a whim, I was like, yeah, hey, why don't we go to Magic Kingdom? And, you know, uh, my wife's pregnant. So we can really only do, a, you know, a cup haunted mansion. It's a small world, you know. Tomorrowland, um, people mover, and uh, you know it works fine. It's a bit. Well, hold on, the Lightning Lane Plus system. Okay, it's it's basically like Max Pass that which they had at Disneyland, right? You use that. The recommendations and all the things they throw at you is, I, I mean, I, I don't know who's using that. I I was just I was just trying to find how to book a fast pass, and it was kind of buried deep. To change a fast pass was buried deep. Like if you wanted to book another fast pass, you had to go back and cancel your original one. And you couldn't just with one stop, just cancel it and rebook it, which was a little bit of things. Um, you know, Space Mountain had Lightning Lane available for like 30 minutes away because they're charging for it. Uh, but it's it's pretty. Uh, <clears throat> it's, How much are they charging for that for that Space Mountain? Nine bucks. You know, and I, I probably would have done it if Kia would, you know, wasn't pregnant. We would have like, okay, well, find nine bucks, whatever. I mean, I'm the kind of guy sure. that when I'm in Magic Kingdom, I'm like jonesing for a drink of alcohol. So I'm like. Oh my gosh! Like, first off, why isn't there Alex? Why isn't there not a bar in a Magic Kingdom? It's ridiculous. Um, uh, no, <laughs> even just to like go go in, like like there should just be like a stand where you can go in and get something. Like, I'm not going to get drunk on a Bud Light, but man, that park really would be so much better. Um, with that. I'm a big strong advocate for that. Just want to make. I agree. Uh, there's no reason to not have it. It's you know at this in this day and age in the current in the current year. Uh, you know, there's, I think there's, n- there's no problem with having a little, uh, spiked lemonade in Tomorrowland or what have you. Well, yeah, yeah it's, you know, one's going to get trashed on Bud Lights. So just right. get, some Bud Lights have that. I mean, it's, it's, it's a whole, it's a whole thing, but that was, yeah, I um, mean, you, at the Magic Kingdom, you got to have something to take the edge off. Yeah. I, I, mean, remember, I, I, uh, I agree. I agree. Pre 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 nine eleven before all the security and everything like that. Uh, you know, we used to go to Disneyland with our sports bottles full of you know whatever we wanted yeah no sure i would have been uh yeah no i mean i'm, I'm i can't say that i've never walked in with alcohol into a theme park <laughs> it's probably rare that i'm not doing that to be honest with you but um yeah. plastic flasks baby <laughs> that's fine i mean uh, what, no, am i gonna have a mint julep without bourbon in it i mean come on and and i will say like just kia hadn't been to magic kingdom in a long time and I, I I had gone a couple recently, a couple times, and and just I, I'm just, it's always so shocking to see how short parts of the Caribbean is compared to the California version. To me, you know, um, it's like you get on and then you get off, and you're like, wait, what happened? Where's the rest of it? You know, um, but Haunted Mansion much longer, so it's kind of an interesting swap. The Haunted Mansion here is great. Uh, I don't know if you've had this uh, issue at all, but uh, when I rode, have you rode Haunted Mansion recently in California? Yeah. Um, let's see. The last time I was on was probably August of last year. 
Okay, so I, I, I watched the Haunted Mansion Muppets, and all I could think about were Muppets the entire time on the attraction. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, oh, there's, you know, we got to put these Muppets here. You know, so that was, that was fun to have that extra layer on it. Xavier, uh, yeah, Roman Adventureland. Why not? Why yeah. not? Well, I know that there are serious talks and plans to to start serving uh, tropical cocktails at the uh, – um, with the Tangaro Terrace, not Tangaro Terrace. Uh, what's the the one in in the new uh, F and B outpost in Adventureland at Disneyland? Uh, what's it called? Uh, oh, the little the Dole Whip. Yeah, like the you know like the whole thing where you get like all the different Dole Whips and and like some you know light snacks and whatever. God, what's it called? Oh, I can't remember. Terrible. Tahitian. I don't know what they're calling it these days. It used to be called the Tahitian Terrace. Oh, Tropical Hideaway. Thank you, Damien. <laughs> he just texted me. <laughs> that's fast because we're in a 20-minute delay, so that's fast that they did that. 20-second um, delay? 20-second delay, yeah. Oh, um, well, yeah, so I just waffled for long enough to have somebody. Yeah, uh, and Xavier, so, thank you as well. So overall, yeah, so overall, you know, enjoyed the day. Just it's, I mean, but, you know, because there's so many attractions there that have fastback, lightning lane, whatever they're calling, trying to call it. And, you know, so that was really fun. It was a lot of fun doing that. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, we're, we're going to do some theme parking in the future, probably at Epcot Sunday and just kind of keep filling it out and all that. Um, so, you know, enough about our daily lives. Thanks for those who have bared with us here. Uh, we, we're gonna, we're, we have a great show ahead of us, so we have a few people who are going to join. Um, we have the world-famous uh, Jeremy Grunert. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I pronounced that right or not. Uh, come on board. Hey, Jeremy, how you doing? How are you? Oh, no, muted. Oh, hi, everyone. <laughs> hey, Jeremy, thanks for coming on the show. Nice to see you. Oh, good to see you guys. So, you know, Jeremy is a uh, influencer. Uh, uh, what is that? The 50 blue, blue, blue influencer? Top influencer? Uh, it's ridiculous, but yeah. <laughs> I, never thought I'd, uh, I never thought I'd be one, but yes, I'm honored. <laughs> How did you, how, you know, I mean, no, congratulations on that. But, uh, uh, you know, Jeremy, it's great to have you here. I, I will have you back whenever you want to talk about anything you want. Um, but, we, we, you know, what happened is, is myself and a few of our, our friends went on the Virgin Voyage cruise. And, you know, it, we had come to our attention that you had worked a little bit on it. Um, mm -hmm. Very preliminary, I believe. Yeah, the front end. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, do you want to just give yourself like a, you know, 30 second introduction? Uh, not that you need an introduction, but for those that would like to hear about you. And then tell us about that process, you know, just a little bit, and then uh, we'll talk about the voyage. Sure. Uh, first off, top fifty influencer, uh, Blue Loop. No, uh, Jeremy <laughs> Ritter, uh, and I. I work with a company called uh, Frankie Design. Uh, we build show design and production packages, and I've been around the industry, worked with a lot of predominant firms, Universal Creative, Thinkwell Group, and a handful of others. So uh, know my way around themed entertainment to some extent, and. Uh, I, I did have the opportunity to work on Virgin Voyages at one point in the past, so I'm excited. I was excited to be invited to share a little bit of that journey. It's, it was kind of an interesting one, so I think it's it's worth talking about. Yeah, well, go ahead. Do you have the floor? Let's hear about it. Ah, okay. So, uh, I uh, my project team at the time. I worked on this several years ago at this point, I, and I should preface this whole thing by saying I still haven't actually had an opportunity to be on the crew to actually take a voyage yet. Uh, my voyage has been rescheduled. Uh, I, I must be four or five times at this point. Um, unfortunately, due to COVID, they've pushed back uh, voyages, and I've just not been able to get on it yet. So I'm hoping uh, end of March I might actually get to experience something that I worked on several years ago. So, 
Um, at the time, I worked on a very preliminary stage, sort of one of the blue sky stages, as most people are familiar with. And um, I worked on a really interesting aspect of, of the project, my, my whole team, I should be specific. Um, I didn't necessarily work on anything uh, visual, uh, nothing you would see or uh, hear per se, as much as what you would experience yourself. So we actually, uh, we produced the guest experience. Uh, so what, what it should be or what it should feel like to go on a virgin voyage um, from the moment that you first engage with the brand uh, to your departure and then how you continue to stay connected to the brand uh, moving forward. So it's kind of interesting to work on something that you'll never actually see, you will only experience. Um, but it was, it was fun. Uh, it was great to work with the Virgin folks. Uh, it's a great team. Uh, they brought on hundreds and uh, I should actually say thousands of collaborators, uh, from luxury brands to, um, just about anybody, uh, food and beverage brands, top chefs, um, even just, uh, design for our, not just themed entertainment design firms, just design firms in general, uh, architecture firms. Uh, they brought in subject matter experts from every edge of the globe, essentially, in order to come up with what the, uh, Virgin Voyage experience should be like. So, um, it was great to work on that. And it was really, really fun the way that they framed everything because Virgin arguably is one of the biggest brands, uh, in existence. Um, or at least one of the most predominant, I should say. Uh, everyone knows uh, Virgin Atlantic, Virgin Galactic, Virgin Records, whatever the, uh, you know, now everyone will know Virgin Voyages. Um, but what perhaps is the most interesting aspect of that is that um, everyone knows what Virgin is, but how do you, how do you create a Virgin experience? So uh, the Virgin folks, uh, which are is largely a team of brand ambassadors who know the brand better than anyone else, created um, ideal, uh, sort of like ideal sailors. So their demographics. So 20s, 30s, different situations, uh, whether it's a married couple, a uh, single group of friends celebrating a bachelor party or a bachelorette party, whatever the case may be. And then they kind of told their brand story through the lens of a lot of those uh, those individuals, their, their main clientele, if you will. And then uh, my design team actually worked with those, uh, those bios, if you will, and then ultimately built um, an experience through their eyes. So instead of a traditional uh, creative package or something of that nature where you'd see like a creative deck with uh, concept art or something of that nature. A lot of the work that was done was through um, fake blogs, flakes, uh, fake social media. Uh, so maybe Twitter posts about what happened last night or a round of or so one of these fake characters, Instagrams it was a really interesting way to communicate the experience of what somebody was doing. So Virgin defined who their clientele was, but our team, focused on what that clientele's experience would be. So even from the moment you saw a commercial, what would that commercial, how would that commercial inspire you? And then what would that experience lead to? Would it lead to a mobile experience? Would it lead to a desktop experience? Do you call someone to book this? Uh, from there, how do you, um, what, what comes next? Do you just book this and wait and then show up on the date or does something arrive in the mail? Is it your uh, onboard credential, which in most cases is a wristband that's kind of RFID, if you will, uh, very similar to what you experience with like a magic band or something of that. How, how, do they, how do you interface with the clients or the guests in advance of their trip? Uh, and then once they arrive, what does the experience look like? And kind of defining that at every moment. I remember a point at uh, which it was kind of fun because all these creative decks would have things like, uh, like, 
it's a text message conversation between two individuals, uh, a husband and wife, let's say, for instance, and the husband's text or the wife is texting the husband how excited she is that she's figured out that if she shakes her cell phone, uh, somebody with just arrives with champagne. So you could easily say a proper narrative, a piece of concept art and show a bottle of uh, high-end champagne or something of that nature. But instead of saying that and just saying like, oh, every time you shake your phone, it was actually like emojis. She had heart eyes. She had little champagne bottles. And it was just a really interesting way of conveying what the experience was through the lens of the guest. So a lot of our communication and creative pitches were kind of done in that fashion. So, and then ultimately all of that came together, uh, went back to Virgin Voyages and then Virgin kind of uh, brought all of these collaborators together to sort of formulate what their final program was. So I was predominantly involved in that uh, side and then it went on to the actual production teams who I, at no point did I have a hard hat on and uh, yeah. so everybody can rest assured, I had no uh, nothing to do with the building of the actual ship. So uh, you're all safe. Uh, but it was really, really interesting experience to be in, involved in the front and in defining, thinking about what the guest experience would be before it ever existed um, and kind of defining that. It was, it was a really interesting experience. So 40,000 foot, that was kind of my involvement in Virgin Voyages. What, what year was that, by the way, Jeremy? Uh, <laughs> 2013, 14? Yeah, that was a while ago. That's cool. It was a while, yeah, I mean, it's it, as with everything in our industry, uh, typically uh, nothing's new for us because it's been around for seven years before anyone sees it. <laughs> Yeah, no, fair enough. And what was your, uh, you know, what was your takeaway? You know, were you excited? Like, you were like, I definitely want to be on this. I want to, like, what was your, like, how'd you leave the project? Because it was playing with all these cool, fun, you know, cool toys. You know, how, how'd you leave that? Uh, I mean, it was it was a phenomenal experience. Uh, unfortunately, at the time, the uh, the scope only was for the guest experience. It wasn't going to be extended for anything else. Um, I believe it was kind of done. I don't want to say that it was a design competition format as much as it was Virgin sourcing as much information from uh, all of the top firms that they could, and then kind of combining all of that into what they wanted their experience to be. So um, there wasn't an option to continue with it, unfortunately. But um, it, it was it was great to be involved in just the the, the institution of it all. To be honest, and uh, I, I had never, I was so used to creative projects just having a creative deck or just a creative narrative or whatever the case may be, but seeing how defining uh, defining a guest experience through the lens of someone in, in kind of a the social media or the blogs or like you, you know. Uh, at one, I think there's like Becky's journal or something where Becky wrote about last night in the red room or something about what happened. Uh, and uh, red room is like their theater uh, space uh, to be clear. Uh, <laughs> um, but it's, it was really interesting. And I, I was a, a different way of, of framing the creative on something. And that to me was uh, that that's what I took away from it, to be honest. Yeah. Cool. I think that one thing that a lot of people don't realize, you know, unless they're, you know, deep inside the industry, like you or Patrick, uh, is that for for really big billion or multi-billion dollar projects like this, um, the client, Virgin, will hire multiple mm -hmm. design firms. Like, you know, they'll hire, you know, like, you know, a Thinkwell or BRC or Hedema or, you know, you know, interior design firms, you know, other experienced design firms, you know, and, you know, everybody doesn't know that they're working on the same thing, but everybody is working on the same thing. And then like you find out what, what six, seven years later that like, you know, everybody worked on this and it's just like, Oh, you can see, you know, maybe some snippet of th something you did there. It's like, Oh, they took this idea. They took that idea, you know, um, 
yeah, I mean, you know, if it's, if it's, you know, and even to some extent, Disney Universal are branching out to some of these outside design firms now, especially um, with the total restructuring of the industry in the last year or two. But um, yeah, I think that, you know, and that's why I, I wanted to have you come on the show so that, you know, I wanted to hear this perspective of, of like what, like, I, you know, I, I just always assume when I heard, heard that Virgin was going years and years ago, that, that Virgin was going to start a cruise line. I'm like, I bet it's going to be the anti-cruise. They're going to design the anti-cruise. Like, and I can't wait to see what that is. And I was so excited to learn that some friends were working on it at various firms and whatever. And I, you know, appreciate you coming on and giving us that unique perspective. No, by all means. And it was, um, I was just saying, it was really, it was interesting because I, I think you'd identify with this most is that I think from Patrick's perspective, as a sort of an art director, creative director type, he's very worried about what things look like. Um, and I'm used to an overall scope of just the experience from end to finish and shepherding that in a lot of mine. But I think I identify most with you, Andy, is that people will never see what you do. Uh, people will hear. Uh, so it's a different way of experiencing the, the product. And in this particular instance, no one will ever see any work that my team did because we didn't actually do anything that is tangible or physical or something that's audible. It's just, it's the way that you interface with it. And that to me was interesting because I think at the time I was so used to the idea that um, uh, designing and building something involved a hard hat blueprints and going out into the field. And it's like, no, this industry is sometimes scopes are short. Sometimes scopes are longer. Sometimes your involvement is minuscule or um, it, it was, it's fascinating to take that away and kind of understand uh how this came to be. And, and to your point of the anti-cruise, it was interesting because they wanted to know what the anti-cruise was, but they also wanted to know what the ideal cruising experience was in addition to everything that everyone else was doing. So they could really formulate. And I, I think for, again, I haven't been able to be on it, but where the final product landed is a little bit more of a classic cruise experience, which I think is, uh, it's something we've seen Disney do a lot of um, in the past, just maintaining that kind of classic ship look and feel versus um, some of these newer ships that you see with the open atriums and every room is a balcony. It just, they, they took more of a classic approach. And I, I think that is ideal and great. So can't wait to hear what everyone thought of it. Yeah. Well, let's, yeah. let's bring on the, our friends and colleagues that actually went on the cruise. <laughs> uh, please welcome to the show, Alex Green and Wyatt Winter. Hello. Hey. Thank you guys. Thank you guys for coming on the show. Yeah. Our pleasure. Well, so Patrick, Patrick, why don't you tee this, tee this up? Go ahead. Yeah, you know, uh, and Jeremy, I, honestly, please stay with us and sure. add. Or if you want to go in cold to this cruise and you say I'm going to sign off, I also would understand that as well. Uh, so because there's spoilers. <laughs> yeah, because spoilers, spoilers, spoilers a lot. Uh, yeah, why? Why don't you tell us a little about yourself and you know a little bit of intro, just so people know who you are. Besides a guy who wears a white shirt in a green room. Yeah, exactly. I realized. Bright white shirt on TV, not the best. Uh, <laughs> Wyatt Winter, senior producer at Walt Disney Imagineering. Uh, previously, originally started in the industry on the college program, working at Big Thunder. I've uh, been with Imagineering for over 15 years now, based in Florida. Well, Wyatt, thank you for to the coming on the show. I know you're not uh, you're not um, foreign to coming on to the Streamyard during the Yappy Hour days, but it's great to have you. Exactly. Uh, Look and hopefully we'll have you on in the future, maybe to talk about a, another project you're working on down the line. Uh, and then, of course, we have Alex Grayman, longtime friend. Uh, uh, hi, everybody. Thanks for having me, Patrick and uh, Andy. Uh, you know, Patrick and I 
go way back. We've been traveling for, for many years. In fact, I think one of the first trips we took, uh, we were brand new friends and we, we traveled from California down to Walt Disney World for the uh, closing weekend of Pleasure Island. When was that? 2008, nine, something like that. Nine. Uh, and met up with Wyatt, who was living in Florida at the time. So uh, good times way back then. Uh, I am personally a 20-plus uh, year veteran of Imagineering, worked on a zillion projects you've all uh, enjoyed and, and experienced. Um, fittingly enough for our discussion today, I did do a little bit of design work on the dream and the fantasy, um, the kids' play areas specifically. So if you've ever been there and, and brought your kids, uh, if you go to uh, Andy's room. That was uh, something I worked on, um, and then a, a bunch of various other little things around the uh, around the ship. So uh, I have a tiny bit of experience with uh, the design of cruise ships. Well, that's fantastic. Thank you again for both of you coming on the show. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, let's start out. Like, you know, what what drew you guys to go on a Virgin cruise? Was it just sheer like professional curiosity, or or do you have a previous affinity for the brand? Is probably a little mm -hmm. all of the above. I think was I've been on several different cruise lines before. Actually, never a Disney cruise, <laughs> um, but done some others. I'm curious about it, but I think this idea for this cruise was cooked up pretty early 2020. Um, Patrick and I were hanging out, and it was I think pandemic was like just starting and thinking, oh, it's going to be over shortly. Yeah, we'll get two weeks, right? Two weeks. It's over. We're yeah, all just the two weeks. Yeah, right? that's it. Yeah. <laughs> so we cooked it up pretty quickly and got a batch of us thinking that we should go and kind of went from there, but just knew, I think hooked on the idea that this was something different and that we fit the demographic very well of what they were going after. So thought, let's, let's try it. Let's do something. Yeah, I know. I know. For me, I had been on a, a several different cruise lines. Princess, um, been on the. I, I just gotten actually. I would have just gotten off the the a princess cruise for my honeymoon, which was um, basically my wife and I were the youngest people on the ship um, by fifty years, and you had to be like <laughs> they checked ID as you entered, and you had to be over sixty five to get on it. Nothing wrong with that. But uh, it was like, oh, my God, <laughs> like, I want to have a little sense of live entertainment or fun or anything. So the idea of an 18 and up cruise that may sound good on paper, but is geared towards, like you said, Jeremy, the 20, 30 year olds that maybe have a little more pocket change and want to have a little fun. To me, that was like, oh, yeah, let's try this out for 100 um, percent. And, and been, you know, had done Disney. We, Alex and I we, and uh, our, our group had done Disney before. Um, which is a great cruise line and done Royal and NC, uh, not NCL, but other ones. Um, but how about you? How about you, uh, Alex? Yeah. So I've taken probably a half dozen Disney cruises and, and a yeah. couple of Royal Caribbeans. Um, but I think we were all excited at the prospect of, of this brand new brand that was launching, um, especially the no kids, uh, which is a, a big plus for me uh, as, as great a job as uh, Disney does with kind of keeping the kids separate if you don't want to be around them it's you, there's still that sense that they're there um this is a, a nice change from that um it's interesting talking uh, or hearing about what jeremy had to say about kind of the the early visioning or the um kind of the the experiential component because i think 
I think that's shown through. I'll be curious to hear what you think when you experience it to see how much of your your initial ideation came through because it did feel very experiential, like everything was kind of thought out uh, each step along the way. So if, if your work made it through, nicely done. <laughs> I, I will say that that little the app shake thing to get champagne did make it through. I'm not sure if that originated with you guys or not, but um, we never did that. But I heard it was that. a thing. No, we never did. We sh I should have. Why wouldn't I? Why didn't we? You do were that? on the drink package. You got free champagne. I, I don't know why we didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> if it was like uh, it was like free Grey Goose when you shake it, I probably would have done it. But I'm <laughs> yeah. I, I feel bad for whoever's in charge of that because every time someone shakes it, some poor individual has to run to wherever you are on the boat and find you. <laughs> that was was Dave Cobb on that because that sounds like a Dave Cobb idea. <laughs> that, that, I mean, probably. Let's be honest. <laughs> I'm gonna give Dave phone, credit for that. Shaking your phone and booze following you sounds 100 percent like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got to text him. Yeah, text him see if that was because that was that made it through. That was very much a, an aspect of it. So that was like a very much publicized, but we didn't do it. We're, we didn't get convert. <laughs> like, you know, and, and think, Jeremy, just because, you know, I think you were in the same boat that we were, which is to say we booked and then we rebooked and then we rebooked and then we rebooked again to the point where we're like, I think uh, Alex had booked a cruise and you're going on a Mediterranean cruise in a few months. And we're we taking the Virgin in, in May yeah, uh, out of nice. Barcelona through the Mediterranean for a, a week, for eight nights, seven, eight nights. Which so we're amazing. definitely looking forward to that. Well, yeah, I'm sure they parlayed because they kept canceling and giving incentives to try and keep mm -hmm. their booking, obviously, because they didn't want to lose the business. Because originally, we were, I think we were going to be the second sailing out. So we were mm -hmm. right there at the beginning and then parlayed so much that, yeah, I think you could get a week at Mediterranean cruise or do so much more mm -hmm. from our little four day cruise to a lot more. Yeah, people. It was like, oh, good. I would say people. There, were, there's a multitude of individuals who jumped from a standard uh, non-balcony room to like rock star <laughs> suites just yeah. by default. Of, uh, <laughs> yeah. of the, it's the one benefit to the pandemic is everybody got upgraded to uh, a rock star suite. Uh, so much so, I don't think you can even get them at this point for most cruises because they're pushed out so far in advance at this point. Um, um, or, or people are taking like two or three cruises off of one cruise, which is. Yeah. Insane. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So at a certain point, they're like, okay, we can give you a, uh, you know, uh, another 3000 travel credit. Mm -hmm. And a few of us were like, I was like, look, I'm having a kid. Wyatt's having another ride baby. Like we can't commit to wherever the hell we're going in six months. I don't know where that is. And then what happened is, is that we thought it was all done. But we got a notification that credit was going to expire, which is why we did a fast track to do it over um, yeah. a couple of weekends ago. So it really, it could not have happened. Um, yeah, exactly. They had said, yeah, hey, we'll give you your cash back, but you're going to lose all the credits. And so we just, Alex took it, booked a cruise. The rest of us like, well, we're not out anything. We got our money back. And then it was like right after Thanksgiving, a few week, months ago, just like, hey, these credits are sitting in your bank. Do you want to use them? And then it, within, I think, two weeks or less, we all of a sudden whipped this up, figured out schedules and when we could go before you can't go pregnant and all that type of stuff. Where did, how does that fit into this? Like we want to go peak Omicron. That was our goal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you look I, at I the Florida too. Really well, let's talk about that. Let's 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 get you guys on board, so to yeah. speak. Uh, what was how? What was the process of of, uh, 
of embarkation uh, in the times of COVID. Yeah, like the pre-cruise, the pre-cruise, right? Was we had the app. Okay, so you download the app before anything starts, before you, you know, before everything. Yeah, and and there were there were some problems with the app. Alex, what do, what do you have to say about the app? About your uh, I think the app was. Um, it would have been one of my minuses uh, on the cruise, not because it's a bad idea. I think it's just a little bit glitchy. I think they need to uh, update and and refine that app by quite a bit. Um, exp- even beyond the glitchiness, though, because I did get a lot of error messages. I think there are some just user interface issues. You t- you know, trying to find the information you're looking for, and you have to drill through several layers. It actually becomes really cumbersome. Um, not that we couldn't ever get to what we were trying to get to, but it was, it was, it was cumbersome. And, and I, I think a negative, I think they can improve on that app. Yeah. Even, even like, even just like on your front page, you had like four options and to get to dining reservation, it was like too deep buried and it was under lineup and it was very, it was a little ambiguous. So things that they could fix, but it was like, I'm yeah. trying to make dining reservations. That's what I'm trying to do. Um, and, I had an issue with our shore excursion, which was our uh, our day in Bimini, which is they have a, a pri- they have a, they have like a private area on an island. We'll talk about that a little bit more later. And it said on the app like, okay, you can book this for I don't know three hundred per person to be in the cabana. Me in Vegas, going off Vegas, I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. That's probably like around you know eight hundred or whatever, three thousand. You know, that's like not out of my question for me. But I ended up booking like three cabanas on accident. Um, it all got rectified, but I was like, oh, that was $5,000 later. Maybe I don't want that. (laughs) They were all really nice about it, but it was like, uh, you guys got to like talk to the right and left hand. Um, but that's to say everybody on board was extremely nice. Right. Um, but you know, I, I called several times to make some adjustments. And of course we're like asking COVID questions and, making some of us got like, you know, Jeremy, right. It's like, at this point you can upgrade to this, 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 cause you have so much credit. So I upgraded, uh, Wyatt upgraded. Um, yeah. Alex had a little bit more of a, a, a close quarters, uh, but that's another, that was an interesting room either way. And the, the hold music, when you get placed on hold after you're talking to somebody plays the same song over and over again, which may not sound weird, but I was on hold for 25 minutes once, mm-hmm. and it's the same song going over. I'm like, really? No one's like saying, "Why are we placing these people <laughs> on the same music over and over again?" I, I hear. Sure, I really liked the song. Yeah, no, it's a great song. Just <laughs> not. <laughs> my my experience with the with the uh, customer service line or the whatever they want to be calling it was, um, uh, it was tr- having. I was having trouble checking in because you have to yeah. do that through the app before you arrive. Um, there are f- six steps all clearly marked. I made it one through five, no problem. I'm on step six, <laughs> error. Sorry, something went wrong. So I uh, you know, tried for several days trying to check in, got on with the customer service people, and uh, very, very nice and helpful gentleman helped me. But... He said, I don't know what's the problem here. It should be working. Try deleting your app and reinstalling it. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I did. I was in the app store, and I'm like, uh-oh. His name was Jeremy, coincidentally. I said, hey, Jeremy, 
you know your app here has a one and a half star rating <laughs> and he's like yeah yeah we know we're working on it so fingers crossed they're actually you know in process with kind of but it did work that solved it because we all had that same issue and we had yeah, to some of us did uninstall, I think Patrick, got through and brian got through but i think you and i yeah brian and i had through. the same challenge okay. so yeah that did that did work and i think they pushed an update like later that day coincidentally or something so we made it in but it, it, it yeah. meant like you shouldn't have to call customer service for these sorts of things. So yeah. And, and, you know, and we, we cut them a lot of slack, right? They're brand new. They're yeah. working through the kinks and overall, yeah. you know, I, I was going to say not, that's not that we're summing up, but that was a great experience overall. I was going to yeah. say, that's an interesting thought point there that what cruise lines have existed out of nothing other than more recently, other than really Disney or Virgin, right? Because most lines are maybe new lines under pre-existing uh, ownership, right? So Carnival mm -hmm. or uh, Royal Caribbean or whatever the, the main heads are that own several different lines. I think Virgin was a ground up. I think before that was Disney, right? I mean, I don't think we've seen very many. So well, there's, there, there were a couple um ultra luxury lines like Viking, you know, they, they came from river cruising. So, but, you know, building an ocean going cruise from the ground up was probably a very similar experience. Because yeah. river cruising is, is not the same as ocean cruising. Very different. Yeah. It, it just, it's, it's interesting because you have, you, you have to think about the, the app infrastructure as well as, and I know Vir you guys, the Virgin Terminal, I don't think is open yet still. It's, it's about to, yeah, it's about to open, I think, in the coming months. But just thinking about all of that infrastructure that has to be built, and it's not, I mean, even though Virgin is backed by a mega corporation, um, it's not necessarily like the, the Disney experience, uh, so to say. Uh, so it's, it's interesting to think about the fact that it, they even have that, and it works to some extent. I think it's kind of interesting. Uh, obviously, improvements all around, but uh, I've never like looked at it from that perspective. That's and I, and I think I give people like, okay, you have six months to figure yeah. out your IT. Like, because it's not, I shouldn't be, things shouldn't be mislabeled. Things should be pretty set, you know, and all that. But you know what? Why don't we, let's just, so people that don't, not, aren't familiar with Virgin, why don't we play our little, there, there's a commercial they have. Why don't we play it? And hope I you made it through the wilderness. Somehow I made it through. Like a Yeah, yeah. So seeing that made seeing that made me remember how their uh, how excited I was about their uh, inaugural voyage, and it was gonna their first stop was Havana, and I was like, yeah, absolutely, I want to go uh, out of out of Miami to Havana on a Virgin cruise ASAP, and then Havana closed and everything happened. It was it just sucked. <laughs> Fair enough. Pull up the slide. We have a slideshow, everybody. We'll walk walk through the experience of this whole thing, running from like first impressions, right? Uh, I mean, why? I think this is your COVID test, right? They try to keep it pretty tight. Yeah. So one of the things, and to your question, Andy, is getting there. Besides all the online stuff, we got to the terminal. They're using one of the older Miami terminals. The cruise. I'm going to cut to the chase a little bit. There was, we heard 650 people on our ship that's made for pushing 3,000, 25 yeah. or 3,000. So not busy. And when yeah, we got yeah. there about two, we were, there was no lines. It was kind of eerie. 
quiet. Yeah. Um, so we were like, oh, come right in here, do this. Very quick check-in. And then they ushered you upstairs um, to do – basically, you did your test, you go upstairs, and you waited to the side, and you just kind of hung out until you got your results. And they came over to me and gave me that card. Um, then I got a text message later, and then Alex never got the card. Eventually, <laughs> I think a text message – um, I got sitting there. They had snacks and water. You're just kind of hanging out, waiting to board. All pretty smooth, but we, I don't think we got the full taste because it was, I think we saw four other people checking in while we were checking in. Well, and I, and I must say why, you know, like we, there was a lot of discussion amongst our group about, okay, when's our arrival time? Like we got to make sure we're able to do it at this time and that time and this and that. And there was nobody fucking there. So like, why were we even like, why was it even an issue for us to get on to the time? Like it should have been wide open. It was very, very odd. There was nobody- But again, I don't know if that was a function of no people or he could have done that any time. Cause I think yeah, if you had 3000 people trying to get in, I get the time frame, but it was a non-issue for us here. One thing that was confusing, you see that red band, the little fabric band they gave us never was explained what it was for. I think it was for the rock star. Just but we got beginning. it. Yeah, we got it at the beginning when you checked in. Then we're like, oh, do we keep this on? And I think guy in our cabin is like, oh, no, that doesn't do anything. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that's interesting. So the seize the day, that's your RFID deal, right? Correct. Key, pay for things, all that kind of good stuff. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So that's everything. Getting on the ship, swipe that, your photo comes on, your door lock, you pay for drinks, all of that does it here. Uh, see, I thought that the red the red uh, band was like, you know, you can get on the ship because you're negative. Yeah, that was before we got our results. Like as we checked in weird at the second spot, because I think there was the first one was kind of there was two check in spots. First COVID and you had to go on the, on the website, register, do the test downstairs. Then you went upstairs and checked in and then waited to get your results to get on the ship. How long was that whole process? 20 minutes yeah 20 30 minutes oh maybe. that's not so bad yeah and then you so, guys get there so you get arrived you arrive and you get meeten by one of the singers right? we didn't know at that point but there are some scantily clad men and then this woman um how was that for you guys you guys were a little ahead of us kid i and brian were a little late yes <laughs> so walked right in and she greeted us and <laughs> took our picture i think we took our picture to send you guys to say that we beat you to the ship yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it was very friendly welcome as you see on other ships. But again, we're kind of walking into this quiet spot and into a little, not quite atrium, but lobby space. So it was where you walked into. Um, Alex, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit more about it. Uh, no. So yeah, it was very surprisingly quiet. So uh, yeah, that's weird. Has- I was. I would think you'd walk in and the music would be pumping like you're in you're in the club you're at a virgin shit. <laughs> I think there was I think there was probably music in the in the atrium area that we got yeah. into. I'm just it's in, the entire process was just so quiet and I think why well, I used the word eerie and I think that's a good uh, adjective just in comparison to other cruises I've taken where the terminal is bustling and jostling and you know people you know shouting and and calling out and it's just like oh we're just kind of in this uh, you know, this very quiet, almost like a library, like, shh. Oh, like a yeah. hospital. <laughs> and I don't know like if we're past, waiting room. Yeah. If we're past the curve of the main bulk of people coming in. So then 
some of that kind of support welcoming stuff dispersed. Cause even once we were in, they're like, Oh, go over here. And then we kind of got lost. Like, okay, where do we go? And you could tell some of the crew were like, didn't know, weren't there to necessarily greet, but they were helping us out. Um, once we yeah. got to our cabins and kind of headed off to where we needed to go, then four or five people in the main elevator bank to kind of escort you to a point um, and help you get to your floor at least. And I, and I must say there was a lot of discussion with our group about like COVID and being worried about that. I like, it was almost like in the scene of blazing saddles where they build the entire town and they don't build the people. And like, we're missing all the people. Like that was what it felt like. Like there was no <laughs> people there hanging out, drinking, drinking, having a good time. Like we, um, our group, because we came, like you said, afterwards, we walked all the way to our room without seeing another soul. Um, like, <laughs> like worried about like, oh my God, I don't want to be in the elevator with somebody else. Maybe if they're not wearing a mat, like, nope, there was just nobody, not a living soul. So um, was that, was that by design? Like, is that a, so, like a virgin thing, like the on purpose or it just. Okay. Well, I'd say, uh, I don't know if this, uh, they're probably losing money right now, building their brand and also just COVID, right? Yeah, they, I think because they talking to some of the crew there, they'd said the crews before and the even one before that for New Year's was definitely a lot busier, um, maybe not sold out, but much more towards capacity. And this was one of their quietest cruises that they had had maybe to date, they had said, or at least in recent past. You know, when Patrick sent Patrick sent me a video, a couple of videos from, uh, yeah, I think it was, you know, the, their first night, I was just like, where is everybody? Yeah. And he's, mm -hmm. he told me like, that's like 15% capacity. I'm like, Oh my God, what a dream. That's like the dream. <laughs> you know, you'd think so, but it, it not necessarily right. It had definitely had pluses because you could get into anything you wanted to do, yeah. but it was missing the liveliness mm -hmm. of cruises past. So it didn't have that party. atmosphere. Sword, you know? Yeah. I, my guess is like 50% would be great. Maybe like 50, 60, where you still could find a, uh, Shay's chair by the pool you could get your reservations when you want but if you go into the nightclub it doesn't feel awkward like there's, <laughs> a, there's a line that you needed to not have just four people and the bartender in a space <laughs> um, <laughs> you didn't quite have that critical mass that i think you, you really want interesting to okay just get well, we it to, to feel alive so yeah, we brought the party though, so that which was fun. Yeah, we definitely did. I, I have no were, doubt about that. It was a two to one ratio, so they said, yeah, there were two, you know, crew members per person on on the ship, mm -hmm. um, and but which is also surprising because they're not lowering their prices to a point where they can just get people on it. They are sticking to that price point, so it seems to be very much a strategic play that they're doing, right? Because you know you can start to charge. You know, five hundred dollars for a, a stateroom, and you'll you'll fill your ship. Be right, people want to go, but they, they, it seems like they don't want that. You know, they're trying to keep it elevated. It seems like. Yeah, I, I'm saying I'm not an expert on on Disney cruises, uh, but I, I've noticed that about Disney pricing is that uh, at a, as they add ships to their fleet, um, the price does not drop. You think that they maybe would go after dem different demographics. Um, or something of that nature, but they've always kept their price in an elevated place, um, probably to ensure quality, I would assume. And uh, it seems like Virgin's playing that game as well, which, I mean, that's everything with your brand, right? So, Yeah, well, it's the delicate subject of the different demographics that you would get with uh, discount pricing as well. Yeah. yeah. So we get to the room. Let's go to the next slide, Charlie. So our, look, at these, look at that nice slide I put together. Room. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was going to ask, did you, did you pull this from the pitch presentation? Because it looks on brand. No. I can imagine. So this is uh, my wife and I, our room. We had a nice little table, had a nice little bar, all that kind of good stuff. But Brand, our, my cousin Brandon was missing the first day. We don't know if he actually was on the cruise or not. This, why, this is your room. How, how did you feel? Your, yours was in a, a, a seriously sweet, right? Or a brilliant suite? Yes, one of those. It was that like just entry into the suite level. Mm-hmm. Um, technically, would sleep four, pull out the cat, the couch, and then the king bed. It was it was great. I, I would describe it very comparable to most hotel rooms, um, just because of kind of what it had, the size of it, and the bathroom was very large, like not cruise ship size at all um, that you can see here. So it was more than enough space. It's kind of big walk-in shower. Uh, the toilet had a sliding glass door that had kind of that um, chromatic kind of ch- color change. You can kind of see in the window to the right that purple. That's from the glass. That's not actually lights in there that are purple um, to give you that privacy in there. But great rooms. Uh, I One thing that I thought was kind of missing, to be honest, was some storage. We discovered later that under the beds there were actually drawers to pull out, but I almost would have left it open so you could just slide your suitcase in right there um, because there wasn't any great place to leave it. I know obviously on ships, space is at a premium, so every square inch you figure out how to use. That was my one minor note that I had on our room. That bathroom is enormous. That's a yeah. big bathroom. They had nice. Patrick and that, Tia's room had two bathrooms. Imagine that. Yeah, it was oh, like, like a one and a half. And a half, half. Like, yeah. yeah. It, it was the split toilet from the shower. No, no, it was a separate bath. They had oh. two toilets. It was a guest, a guest, a guest suite. You know, a guest oh. bath. Yeah. Was it yours? Also, yours was your main bathroom was basically this layout, I think. But missing yeah. that glass partition between the shower and the sink area, and I remember Kia talking about it, just like spraying water everywhere yeah. basically I flooding think, the bathroom i think we had an accessible bathroom that's what i thought it was yeah. uh, or they hadn't finished it and no one asked questions <laughs> um but yeah no the real i mean the rooms were interesting on the punch list the suites were positioned in a way where you're facing outward for yours were at least and much larger than a, it felt much larger than a traditional cruise ship and uh yeah i mean love it's lovely right um you know plenty of room to snuggle two guys and in that room you could I'll just throw in quickly so like if you travel with a group of friends or whatever that you see that window that was between shower and the bedroom technically can see through it but they provide a partition kind of a privacy curtain that suctions up and is kind of this waterproof roll-up thing that they keep so that if you were wanted it or have a group or something like that that was something that when we are looking at everything, we're kind of like, how do they handle that? But we ask, that's what they do. You, you know, it's, it's funny you bring that up because uh, uh, sort of a core tenet, if you will, that was sort of preached throughout some of the design was, and I think a lot of people know this, sort of the cheeky nature of the Virgin brand. And it was actually designed, they, they kind of liked the idea that, that there might be a little bit of exposure there to some extent. I, I, I always wondered how they would mitigate that for the folks that might not like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I love that that was actually, like there was there were several conversations about it being a little bit more uh, tongue-in-cheek and maybe a little more adult. It is an adult cruise after all. And they kind of liked that idea. That was a thing. In the in the larger rooms at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas, like the one bedrooms in the Terrace Studios and the... Um, uh, even the wraparound suites, um, they have similar sort of peekaboo 
bathroom mm-hmm. and and even like the shower like the old version of the shower had you know like a, a whole full floor to ceiling sheet of glass between the shower and the bedroom with so, with a film over it that like kind of obscured what was going on in the oh, shower but not really yeah, yeah it, it's very risque and there was the, there was a you know sh- eventually they put a shade that you could pull yeah. down over that but not when it opened yeah. There, there, was, there was an idea at one point, I don't remember what side or who proposed it, but someone was actually looking into uh, conductive or uh, electric yeah. um, glass where you, if you wanted, to, yeah, if you wanted to, uh, you had the option to reveal whatever you wanted. It, it was a, a major thing. They, uh, the rooms were meant to be social. It's why a lot of the rooms are larger. It's why the balconies are larger in a lot of instances. Uh, they, they wanted to, it's all about community and being with people. It's really not meant to be a solo cruise. So they wanted the spaces to be entertained in, in whatever way, I guess. Uh, but but it's, it's interesting to see that those windows made it into, I, I, don't, I imagine the standard rooms probably don't have them, but most of the suites appear to have quite a bit of visibility between the bathroom and the, the main room. It, it sort of fit, it fits so well in the Virgin brand. It's like sort of like sexy, cheeky kind of you know you know a little risque, just a little bit you know a little taste yeah. you know of of you know you know that winky kind of you know Richard Branson kind of personality. You know, it, it was said a lot of times. It's okay to be inappropriate. Uh, I mean, I think there was always a gray area of how far you could go, but I, I mean and on several occasions it was, this isn't a Disney cruise. Uh, they, I mean, because it's a very different demographic they were going after. They, yeah, they, everyone's over 18. Yeah. And, and I must say just to that point. So in our room, we had a separate living area and then we had a, a bathroom and then we had our bed. You could see the shower from the main area. Like you could not, I could, I, I, I could see people over there while I'm like trying to take a shower and like be like covering <laughs> up. Like they could have easily made it not that way. Right. So they definitely intentionally wow. did that. Um, which is which is which is pretty funny. And on this cruise, very it's a bit different. They charge per room. They're not charging per passenger. So they have some rooms w- w- that are like almost like hostels where you can have six bunk beds in there, yeah. uh, or bunk houses. Many people, you know, they have limits on them. Uh, but that's a different departure of it. So interesting to see that. So if you're, you know, you're a bunch of young kids that have like want to put five, four people in bunk beds in a room. Gosh, have at it. You know, there's plenty of capacity on that. Um, and Alex, what was your experience like? Because you were kind of in like the, you were an inside stateroom. You were in a solo. Right. So I, you know, remember I spent all my uh, built up credits on this Mediterranean cruise that's coming up in May, uh, where we did get the suite that's like, uh, we saw the picture of that Wyatt was in. And uh, for this cruise, though, I paid cash and I just got the $1,000 uh, inside stateroom. And I've never done the inside stateroom before. And it was specifically a single stateroom. So it had a, a smaller bed, probably a, a full-size bed, um, but it was cozy. It was comfortable. Um, never spent a lot of time there, so it wasn't like I felt uh, claustrophobic. Um, in the rooms, there's uh, all the rooms, not just my room, but there's a uh, you know a, a pad, and I it's not an iPad, but it was like a Samsung pad that controls everything in the room. So it's temperature, it's lights, it's the mood lighting. Um, they have some presets on the mood lighting. Uh, one of them was even called get it on. So that was pretty funny. Um, and then there's the hangover mood. So it just adjusts. There's colored, um, rim lighting around the ceilings. Uh, there's another few lights around the room. So uh, I thought that was a really fun feature, uh, but my room, it, it, it did what it did. And I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, let me jump in with one thing on that pad it reminded me it's part of the whole entry process and i don't know how other ships have been doing it. it's been a 
two, three years since I've been on other cruises, you did not have the normal muster that you have on other ships. Mm -hmm. Like we didn't all gather. You had to watch a video on that, on your phone or on your TV that basically told you all your safety stuff. It was basically a big music video that they sung and danced and told you everything. And then you had to click like this passenger watched it or this passenger watched it. And that's what got you there. And then you went to your muster station and said like, I'm here. And they would check you off. And that was that. So really all of us were thinking like, Oh, you got to go be everyone gather on board and they honk the horns and you all do roll call, but there wasn't that. So it was kind of a nice fun change. I think that it's some other ways to kind of, tweak the cruise what you experienced that was another one yeah i think a lot of lines have gone to that as well now yeah yeah that's good yeah that video though i mean it was a great uh you know high production values but i don't know how many times i'd want to sit through it <laughs> it was you know it was probably 10 minutes long with three minutes worth of information so like after you've got settled in your room first thing you want to do is go and get something to eat I don't know about you, but that's how it is with me. But uh, so Heck like yeah. what, what was the, the F and B experience on board? Uh, well, it's top notch. I mean, that, you can't go wrong. I think one of the highlights, at least for me was the food. So everywhere we went um, was food, foods available everywhere and at all times of the day. And I don't think we had much in the way of, of a bad experience with food. We may have had some that were maybe not as good as some others, but overall just great. Uh, I think we're looking here a picture of uh, what's their version of the uh, buffet, but it's really more of a food court um, where you sit at a table. You may wander around the food court and look at what's available. There are like a dozen or so different stands serving different um, cuisines. There's a, a burger bar and a sushi bar and a taco bar <laughs> and on and on. Um, and then you take a seat here and uh, a server comes and takes your order and then brings it back to you from. And everything's all inclusive. From. All the food oh, is yeah. all inclusive on the ship, right? There's no specialty restaurants or anything like that or upcharges. Uh, are there any upcharges for? There were a few food? small items. I think on one or two of the restaurants that were kind of upcharge options, but it was not like bait and switch, get you in and then a bunch of upcharges if you wanted. I, like I said, I think one or two things at one or two of the restaurants that I noticed. It was like, yeah, do you want to like, add a lobster to your steak? Like yeah. that would be what it would be. Which I think is a, like it's a classy way to do it because upcharging up someone not into like being able to uh, put a hurdle in the way of someone getting into a restaurant is really unfortunate because that's a, a well curated and designed space and you may want them to have that. But if you want that lobster with your steak, why not just add it as an as an actual upcharge to the main menu? I, th I mean, I think that's a clever way, a clever approach because some lines you don't have the option to get into certain restaurants without a reservation and paying upcharge for the entire meal. Oh, almost every every line has that. Yeah. Uh, that I've been on. I, and I, I must say just to that point, right. As a, my, uh, my wife and I, Kia, we went on a Royal Caribbean cruise recently and we, we never ate in the, I don't even know what our actual main dining room looked like. Uh, right. Every night we were doing something that was an upcharge. Cause like, yeah, we don't want to eat. We want to eat when we want. We want the kind of food we want. And it really starts to add up, you know? And so yeah. people might be a little sticker shocked by, okay, it's a thousand dollars for a solo room or 1500 for this. And there's a lot of, there's a scale for that. Like you get free Wi-Fi. There's not even a question about Wi-Fi. You get Wi-Fi, not even a question. And all the upcharges that you get on a food 
are there. So I can't imagine somebody going on a regular cruise and it not at some point building up so much that, yeah, you want to have your Wi-Fi on a cruise. Like, yeah. And they're like charging a lot of money for that, like $500 yeah. for a five-day cruise. Yeah. And it's already included. So like, I think that like they get people up at front for the pricing so that you don't have to worry about anything. It's just like smooth sailing mm -hmm. in regards to that. Uh, go ahead and go to the next slide. Yeah, the galley was fantastic. Love that. They had the amazing burger. Then we have Gun Bay, which was a really fun uh, – Tell us about Gun Bay. Who? Um, me? Anybody. What? Oh. <laughs> so this was the Korean barbecue. So um, all tables of eight, that then they basically cooked everything right in front of you. Um, and so – Oh, they cooked it for you? They would do it for you, actually. And I don't know, again, if that was a COVID thing or not, but they had somebody there that would help out. Did it, I think it was a COVID thing because of this, the way um, it was set up. It was a little awkward for her to reach across at times and do it. But great food. They, um, I would say, not interactive, but they had this drinking game that everyone was playing and stuff that really kind of brought it to life and was – exciting and the photo on the right i'll quickly clarify it is from a different restaurant uh the wake um was another one that was kind of their more i'm going to say traditional of all the restaurants that's you kind of it was open for breakfast lunch and dinner and um great food as well but probably the lowest one on my list of the restaurants because it was a little more um standard it was just, kind of, it was just kind of standard right it was not there was nothing special about it even though it was very good it was just there yeah. wasn't it didn't have a hook it was just good. Was that the steakhouse? What they, like they'd call it the steakhouse? Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then we went to the the vegan vegetarian uh, for razzle dazzle, which was really great. We went there. We went on our, I think it was like on our shore day or last day, our uh, ocean out at sea day. These are the desserts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this was they. Unicorn. I would say it was billed as that. It's kind of the vegan vegetarian, but if you just went in and looked at the menu. I don't think you would have thought, oh my gosh, this is a vegan restaurant. Um, there was a little bit of everything in there um, or tweaks on it. Um, it was probably the most kind of playful, quirky design look feel to it. And the food started playing into that as well. As you can see, um, it was fairy toast on the left, very kind of um, Australian and non-US uh, item. And then these like rainbow churros on the right for the dessert. <laughs> And then they had kind of like a, a gastro kitchen. Oh, there's the group. <laughs> this is probably the most COVID uh, anxiety I had was because we were seated next to people pretty close. Otherwise, everything was great. Um, but this was at the, I don't even remember, the, it was the, the test kitchen? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So you'll on the next slide, you'll see kind of like, the, it was all about having a story, right? So that was like egg. Well, I don't even remember what that was, right? It was like egg something. So the one on the left, you can see it's a little smoky. They came out with a dome. Uh, was kind of smoke under it, and then they'd all lift everything up and reveal the smoke, and you'd mix the peas with the egg yolk. The one on the right, I said, looked like a Dexter episode or something, <laughs> uh, but it was uh, beet puree within the filet. You could do beef, or I think there was a was it venison was the other option. And then they would put a little twig of chocolate, a little like chocolate stick, and then pour the au jus to try and melt it on there. So they were all a little bit more, um, a little twist on it, more presentational. And it was a set six-course meal that you could pick between it if you did not want 
seafood at a non-seafood option or whatever it was. Uh, I think we tried every option within it, within yeah. our group, um, but much more kind of an experience, not just going to eat. It was an event. It was trying. Very theatrical. Yeah. Well, I, I was probably least looking forward to this restaurant and it might've ended up being my favorite. Hmm. Well, let's look at the clip. We have a clip about a presentation here. This is a quick little, you know, 15 second clip. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> to explain what I was talking about. The, like the saddest woo girls. <laughs> For those of you that were, like were ghosts. listening on the podcast, it was they were raising up the the glass dome over it. Um, <laughs> and I must say, uh, yeah, this is a delicious meal. So all good. Patrick, you mentioned, you know, COVID anxiety, uh, sitting at a table with other people, I guess, uh, you know, another party that was at your table as well. And you mentioned COVID anxiety. Like, why why was there COVID anxiety when everyone has been tested and 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 uh it just you know you have to be tested negative to be on the ship it, it they didn't really go that far up the nose when they did the- <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's like i'm like aren't you gonna like choke me in the nose and it was like oh you're good i'm like oh, okay uh and obviously we know that omicron you know depending on where you are in the stage of that you know who knows um, but yeah, that was definitely where I was at. I, I must say to put a button on the food before we move on to the, the private island, the, the food, without a doubt, the best food I've ever had on a cruise, not even a question, not even questionable about that. And I've been on different, every cruise line in the world. Um, when we go on the Disney cruise line, right, we, we upgrade to the nice experience and, or we do this, or we do that. It, it was so incredible. And, and it's so nice if you're in that kind of, bracket where you're like yeah i want to have a nice meal i don't want to have like the french onion soup that's been sitting in the back of the steerage for 10 days like nothing wrong with that it tastes good but this was so over the top on food and i i this this aspect of it made me feel like i was at the cosmopolitan i texted Andy, i'm like it's like they built the cosmopolitan on the ocean like that's what it felt like food wise so great so i mean i cannot everything was like an upcharge experience um in regards to food so i highly recommend the food they deliver on it, you know, they, and it's hard to, how do you advertise food? How do you tell people, yeah, our food's fucking good. I don't know, but it really is good. I'm just, I want to spread that to, you know, whoever's listening, that it is so good and worth it. I, I think they tried the room service. We did. Yeah. It was fine. Yeah. yeah. Just fine. Well, I mean, it was, it's the room service. Usually menus, usually like, okay, chicken tenders and a burger. We had it. It was uh, good, but it wasn't, it didn't blow me away. Sure. That, that, that's how you know I'm honest. I wasn't like, oh, it was fantastic. It was like, okay. I mean, it was like it was like two in the morning. Were you were you impressed by the packaging of the room service? Because I know that was a revolutionary thing for them. Because they one of the biggest comments was, we don't want the aisles full of just trays of half eaten food. There was like a whole series of like I think that the Tupperware, but I think that. Uh, they had, they had a whole system for it. I, I don't know if that came to fruition, but I remember that being a big deal. And I think, I'm not sure, but I believe they build themselves as being one of the least uh, impactful as far as waste because they don't do large buffets. Most everything is paired, or most everything is prepared somewhat um, in person at the moment for most restaurants. I don't know if that's, that stayed true, but uh, do you guys did see anything with that? Because I, I know waste is a big conversation with a lot of folks on cruises because buffets, can food can only be out for so long. And there a lot of times, I mean, it's impressive to see a buffet, but also it's kind of sad to think about the amount of food that's kind of tossed. 
Good point. And I think there were a lot, there were no single use plastics anywhere either. I think yeah. that was a part of their environment. There were some, there might've been more recyclable, but there were some prepackaged salads and fruit type things mm. that you could grab. Mm. But yeah, most of that galley area was, you could tell it was either made to go out right away or in process. It wasn't huge capacity stuff. I think, I think, I think that, I think that the I, I follow a lot of uh, cruise vlogs, and all of them talk about the food. And the, there's even some channels that have have had uh, episodes just about the food. And I think that <laughs> that that might be Virgin's uh, plan is to is just to basically have the food be a word of mouth, no pun intended, kind of advertisement because it is hard to advertise the food. Yeah, but delicious. Yeah, so next up we get to the private island. Let's see it. I private in quotes. quotes. <laughs> so um, let's go ahead and roll the video. Uh, we can roll the video. <laughs> Was it a saltwater or a freshwater pool? It was freshwater. So you, basically, just to kind of put a whole uh, thing on it, is that you, you're 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 uh, mooring off. Of, well, you're on a dock in Bimini, uh, a part of uh, as a part of Resorts World, which they have uh, a whole complex there, and then they have a whole private beach area, um, which was lovely. I mean, I don't think there was anything bad or no. It was like you're going to a beach, you know. And they have, uh, you know, obviously they have all the accoutrement, beach chairs, cabanas, a pool area. Weather was a little cold. Wyatt and Alex, any other thoughts about this area? It wasn't, I mean, no yeah. one about it. This, I, I need to do more research on this whole setup of this island and everything. It was fascinating to me to get off because I had not, I kind of went in blind purposely to be like, oh, Resorts World is the sign at the dock. And then you tram over and you pass, I think, a Hilton and come to this this is where to me also the less people only 650 people really showed itself because mm -hmm. that photo is not taken like any trick that's what it felt like and we because <laughs> of our rockstar suites we were in kind of one side and it was dead and we spent less than half of our time in our cabana that we talked about paying for because all the life was at the other end of the whole beach and so we went back to that picture earlier that was DJ and music and activities, which maybe on a normal day would be probably too much, but it was like, hey, this is where the life is. We want to spend some more time hearing music and not just being at the other end, like, oh, 50 yards away, there's some music playing <laughs> down there. Yeah, I thought it, uh, the, the the island experience was a, just a tiny bit lacking for me, I guess, because I was comparing it to Castaway Key on Disney Cruise Line, which is a, a, a really unique and special experience. Um, this was, you know, imagine you go to a, a Sandals or something like that, but there's no hotel. So it's just all the beach activities minus you're not staying there. Um, 
I, I'm curious about Bimini because it was kind of a fun little tram ride over. It felt like a long tram ride, probably 15 minutes from the dock to this uh, beach club. Um, and it, but it seemed very charming. So I, I, I'd be curious to see what Bimini's like. Um, but the, the club itself just kind of, it, it, it left me wanting and I'm not sure what it left me wanting for, but maybe it was for the, the excitement that could have been it. Yeah, yeah I know. And the warmth, it was very chilly. I was going to say, it was billed originally, and I, I think even some of the initial bookings saw it. it, it was, it's a featured DJ spot, and they usually have mm -hmm. a resident DJ in-house. So, mm -hmm. And some pretty big names originally were attached to it. And I think that some of those DJs actually ended up doing like residencies on the cruise. So I think yeah, we, we saw Tiesto there. They, oh, was he there? Okay, that's great. Oh, yeah. I thought they no, had that. Really. <laughs> I kid, I kid. The, the ship <laughs> DJs were the Yeah, the ship DJs take turns on the island as well. Oh yeah, so I think through because I recognized them and then have since followed some of them on Facebook and continue to see them rotating around. So there's three DJs on board for a certain couple weeks contracts at a time. It sounds like that might be a COVID thing because I know that one of their things they were really selling the idea of you know um, a big name, a Porter Robinson or somebody being on the island, so that it was like a real party there. So I, maybe a COVID. I don't know. Yeah. It, 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 it felt like the entertainment people were feeling it. I, I think that I, I would be surprised if that private beach area was not built to have two ships there. But although there wasn't a dock for it, but like, because mm -hmm. even if it was full and there were five times more people, it still would have felt pretty. I mean, I mean, it would have felt full, like half full. It wouldn't have felt completely full. So, you know, we'll Seemed see how roomy. it felt. What's that? Seemed roomy. Like, yeah, it's not a small place. It's, you know, it's pretty, pretty generously sized, but most importantly, how snappy was the drink service? Depends on how quickly you shake the phone. No, it's like a castaway key, like at the, the, the adult oh, yeah. castaway oh, key, oh, you know, that can be rough. Yeah, it's, I, it's, you got to order three at a time just to catch up. No, no, yeah. it was not like that. Or it just like, stay hey, close yeah. to the bar. <laughs> I wasn't overly impressed. I'm going to be totally honest. Because in the Rockstar area, like, they get, we're there at first for the cabana, but if you were anywhere else, it was like, because we had left some stuff, some of our tray of food at one point by our seats, thinking, like, we don't know where to take it because there wasn't really mm. a spot. We mm. came back an hour and a half later, and it was still there. Oh, that's and there no was good. nobody in that area. So it was, that kind of surprised me, especially with birds and everything around. Um, if, I feel like if you if you have a Rockstar suite, you sh it should come with a cabana on the island that feels like it should be something that's part of it part of the package i like your thinking because <laughs> I, I think you you get access to the one side but you yes. don't get the banner right correct that's yeah. what it was you have the rockstar area mm. that has its own kind of food and bar and all that it's all super nice and kind of its own restrooms um but it's a rope that kind of had some rocks that divide it um but it wasn't overly attentive mm, you didn't feel like abandoned bad. but it wasn't as much as i think i went in expecting mm, well mm. And I, and I think as they 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 kind of actually have a full ship like if they're trying to create like the vegas pool party vibe that was not the pool was not designed that way really and they need to have a critical mass to accomplish that so we'll see how it goes well like back on the ship after that like what's how was the entertainment on the ship? I understand there's there's a lot of entertainment that happens on the ship all over everywhere all the time. 
plus the nightly entertainment. Let's uh, let's dive into dive into that. Yeah, we have a little. I have a little video montage. Let's let's. <laughs> Nicely done. <laughs> so for those that are listening on the podcast, you know, we had, first off, they had a great band uh, that's in, like that was playing at the kind of their multi-purpose space. Well, they have a couple multi-purpose spaces. That one is their nightclub and a performance venue where they had several shows. Uh, and they, all, they had a band there and also the DJs played there as well. Uh, and um, then we had a, a, a multi-purpose space that was almost like a gymnasium uh, that had like an acrobatic show. That then led into kind of like a, you know, very trendy. We're gonna have a bunch of you know display media screens and dance in front of them show uh, that we, we all saw. Uh, but yeah, but you know, at Wyatt and uh, you know, what was your what, Alex? What was your perception of the entertainment? Uh, yeah, I think it's definitely a big selling part the point that they try and talk about something new, different. Uh, those two venues that Patrick talked about really were flex spaces where they used them the smaller kind of nightclub where you saw that band playing that stage then lowered in the ground so that you could dance there for DJs. Um, the other one was changed. So seating was on both sides one night, just one side, the other. So it was kind of fun to see that. And you could tell it gave them tons of flexibility. Um, I got to talk to some of the DJs and they've had fun. And they said this, they, this whole cruise line has been trying to find itself. They have been struggling a bit too, because there's the, we need to be different. We want you to entertainment and who they hire to be themselves and bring something different. But cruise, some of the audience is expecting a certain thing. You want those classic hits that everyone knows. And so then the DJs end up maybe shifting from what they normally do to what kind of fits a broader audience. It's so like I think a wedding. that probably encapsulates this whole cruise line as they're trying to find themselves and how they fit into the broader category of cruising mm-hmm. and differentiate it played out in some of the entertainment. I think that where some worked better than others. And again, not a ton of people to then react to it as well. Well, and on the first night they actually had, cause we were, you know, on cruise ships, they have like the formal night or they have this theme night. They actually had a pajama party. We can go ahead and show the next slide, Charlie um, on like the, the back of the ship it was really fun. This whole little lounge area, probably the only time we went to this lounge area and it was a lot of fun. You know, they, they were playing the wedding hits, right? Um, and it was super fun out there. Actually, I have a, I have, I brought my pajama I wore. It looks there. like it, you're so, it's so sparsely attended. It looks like a, like a private party, like at IAP or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, it, which was okay. But yeah, like you can imagine on, on a busy night. And it wasn't really well advertised either. Would, would you say? That's, I was just going to say some of these like special event things, the, 
uh, Scarlet Night and the Pajama Party and some of those, there's this fine line between being kind of word of mouth, cool, you find out about it, but then if you didn't bring like fun PJs for the PJ party, you might be disappointed you didn't know. And you couldn't find any of that on the app or website before easily. I think when we, one of our group called, they flat out asked like, is there a thing called the Scarlet Night or whatever? And that was one that was a little more advertised. Yeah, Scarlet I think that might be Scarlet. another another failing of the app that it, you had to drill down so far to find any of these events that they probably just ended up not being well attended because people didn't know about them. And I don't they know if should have been like. Go ahead. I, if, I don't know if I'm showing my age when I say this one. I missed actually having like the paper pamphlet to see everything at once. Like I wanted yeah. to scan and know everything that's going on and drill down instead of like hunt and pet because i know we miss things that i wish we probably didn't i would have i would have wanted that too why so yeah <laughs> <laughs> and and like i i'm surprised that there weren't like constant like push notifications to get you to move around the ship and uh, alert you to these sort of special events and things like that on your app another good idea i think there was maybe one each day kind of like one or two kind of like good morning welcome here don't forget um, and then there was always, there was COVID push notifications too about remember to wear your masks. That was, that was every day. Yeah. And I think, yeah, the only other push I think we got was the ports. Like, you yeah. know, we're yeah. here, we're here in Bimini, you know, you can deep, deep boat, deep board on deck, whatever at this time. That was, that was about Man, it. I would expect to push notification like every hour about like something going on, like trivia or, you know, parties. I, or I don't think that would have been intrusive either. I think it no. would have been welcome. It's interesting to hear that because I the there was a huge push early on about the the what the app how inclusive the app was and what it could provide. So maybe uh, did it translate so well um, from early design to the final product? It sounds like maybe there's some user interface uh, improvements that could be explored. But uh, there was a huge push for that always uh, through line through everything at least I was involved with. So the thought process was there, but perhaps it didn't um, make the final cut for whatever reason. But it sounds because it was always very much about the app and what the app could do and how the app could connect you. And there was a huge push for it in advance of your cruise, which I haven't heard you guys speak to, which makes me wonder if maybe that didn't make it maybe on the, the cutting room there was there was for dining ahead of time but you none of the entertainment offerings you couldn't even look them up on the app until day of and they like unlocked it so it was just like coming soon which then or something like that it said so you could not even explore to start thinking oh there's a trivia game there's this show until day of the cruise Mm. Well, and even for you know for those of us that were on Rockstar quarters, like if on the app it said, "Hey, what's your favorite brand of vodka? Tequila? This, that?" Like that would have been really cool. But instead, it was like supply chain issues. We're going to give you ABC brand. I don't know what it was, but it was like we're going to try to get you what you want um, and all that. Um, oh, to like to like have like ready to go like, in your room if you have the Rockstar suite. Yep, uh, you at least got one. Yeah, for those in the Rockstar suites, you got one. Like a 75 milliliter of various different boozes, and then um, for the Mega Rockstar Suite, you had just you had it unlimited. So you just keep calling over and over and over again about however much you wanted. Um, and somebody took that bullet, and we had a great time with it. Um, so <laughs> and we thank Patrick and Kia for that because we all benefited sincerely yeah, <laughs> and and multiple times per day. And then this was fun. This was like that. There's that Brian passed out from being drunk. <laughs> the, the end result of all those uh yeah, right. so yeah so this was a fun you know they have the net it's over the water really cool stuff uh next slide you'll see just kind of like 
the main like really the largest atrium on this ship was this kind of tight little spiral uh you know a, a shell of a thing um and then on the right you have that multi-purpose venue that's actually where that the band was playing uh, they had the ability to raise the stage we saw several shows here we saw like a a sexologist show um where most people in our group actually went on stage for it at some point which was fun uh, we were obviously very rambunctious throughout the whole cruise, and so you know that people kind of tagged us. Uh, we saw another show that was all about memes, and was like a singing song, which was also pretty quaint. Uh, and then this quaint. was a nightclub as well, and very and the, the, the most state of the art, most advanced nightclub I've ever seen on a cruise ship. Period. Uh, like uh, this was like kind of like better than Studio Fifty Four was at the MGM Grand ten years ago. Wow, um, really? Yeah, like it was that great. So. Um, really impressive stuff. Uh, you know, now things in Vegas have gotten a little more advanced than that, so that's why I say that. Uh, but really impressive venue, I'd say. Did they have live band karaoke? Probably, I think they did somewhere on the ship, maybe, but it, we didn't. They had yeah, private karaoke rooms that didn't work when we tried to use them. Oh no, um, <laughs> we tried. Yeah, there, but they, the they, whole computer needed to be rebooted or something, so. Apparently they got it working, but we had left already. Well, that was whenever anything would go wrong, they would alert our the staff that took care of us in the rooms and be like, "I'm so sorry about that." I'm like, "We're like, it's fine, it's fine. It's like we're just gonna, we're just pissed, but it's fine, you know." I know. And then you know, I, I'd say uh, over the next slide, Charlie, this is kind of the first night vibe on the uh, cruise ship. Like we were still in Miami, very late at night. Uh, this is the the big pool they have, so you can so see the beds and all that. What was that? I said so big. No, it, that it is. There's not enough pools on the ship. It's comically small. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and in and one um the top the top of it where these people are, it's standing room, and on the other side is also standing room. So it's almost made to be like a dance pool. Um, but yeah, I'm I was very shocked by the pool supply on the ship. To be very honest. Well, there, there's like that pool, and then there's like four hot tubs, and like that's it, right? There's also a round, what we called it like the bathtub. Basically, yeah. it was like a large hot tub that was like divided with seats and benches that was heated more like bath water versus true mm -hmm. hot tub. It was the warm pool, not the. Yeah. And it was, that, that was probably our favorite. We spent the most time in there because it was warm. It wasn't that cold. It was kind of colder outside. Um, and we'd get pizzas from the pizza place and go sit in that pool and eat them. <laughs> That sounds fantastic. <laughs> well, the pizzas were amazing, by the way. They were, yeah. Back so the pizzas were really good. Oh, wow. No bad good. food. No bad yeah. food for me. Uh, and then, you know, we're, you can kind of click through Charlie a little bit, right? So there's other little areas. This was uh, outside of Gumbe. This is also part of the uh, yeah, another little small little area, which is fantastic. Uh, tons of little, little bar. We didn't go to a lot of these places, but they're like little tiny pockets, plenty of space. Um, and then you'll on on the red night or scarlet night, they had this whole octopus thing. It was a whole. It was a little. I don't know. It was a lot. Uh, I don't know. Did you guys? What did you guys think of the show? Did you land? I don't know. It again was. It's more. I think we're coming across more harsh than it really is because that critical mass of people. So this was yeah. probably the coolest night that we had. So it was not necessarily warm to stand out there, and you just needed quadruple the number of people to like make it a party it's almost then, sad yeah. right when your your performers are being so high energy but there's like not yeah. much of an audience that's always so, it's, so it's awkward. almost uncomfortable yeah, yeah. as opposed oh, yeah. to joyful yeah 
But of course, I will. I must say that um, my Brian and I got in the water and danced on the on the water's edge, so that was fun. So, oh yeah, we brought it. It was a lot of fun. I mean, obviously, like the crew is fantastic. Very young. Um, the, the youngest crew I've seen on a cruise ship before. Usually, you know, sometimes you get older people and all that, which is not a big deal. But it's, it's like we see that very young. Um, they all look very happy to be there. I think they were. I feel like for the our crews, they were wanting more from us, right? Like you guys were saying. Yeah, uh, spent some time with the crew, some of the crew. What was that? Experience? Yeah, so I mean, two things that they, one of the things that's different, I believe, is different with this cruise line is that a lot of that crew, not all of them, but certain categories, can actually eat and hang out with the guests, and so that was a conscious thing to kind of differentiate. So it was kind of fun, different at first, coming from the Disney side of it. It was like, whoa, what is going on? But it worked. Um, as I said, hung out with some of the crew the last night. And they were saying this was the cruise we were on was their least fun cruise that they had done so far. <laughs> and I was the way they were so negative that I was kind of like, Oh, well we were having fun. And they're like, yeah, this something about this, the vibe of the people and the ship was like the most boring cruise that they had had. Like, well, they, 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 were, they were allowed to dine with everyone up until this airs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it was just, they were like, I think again, that it related directly to the number of people. Cause they had said previous cruises had more people and had a lot of fun. And this one just didn't. And that immediately starts to translate to how bands and DJs and magicians mm-hmm. and everybody they had work on it. Oddly though, I say magician, we went to this like secret magician show that they had in one of the rooms and they got, they were like, this is the most people we've ever had. And it was probably yeah. 60 plus people crammed in this teeny room that probably should have had 25. Yeah. And it was like, they're saying this is the busiest we've ever had it totally inverse of every other experience that we had. Yeah. By yeah. room, you mean like a state room? They had a magician. No, it was show? one of these kind of pseudo lounge multi-purpose rooms off the pool that, you could tell could flex for whatever they needed. A lot of kind of free formy cushiony chairs to sit on and stuff like that. That was my other, my other COVID. Like we were in the back on our other mask. I'm like, uh, I don't need to see him do this. Like I'm cool. Um, <laughs> like we had done it out of guilt because he was really, maybe I met him on the cruise. Like, so he was like, Oh, you got to come to my magic show. I'm like, okay, yeah, we'll do that. You know? Um, Oops. Yeah. Well, Patrick, uh, I know you and I, uh, enjoy a, a casino time now and again uh, how was the casino on the ship yeah it was it was pretty solid like they had everything you would want um the two roulette tables uh craps table uh they had like, like five ish dollar blackjack on a on a shuffler for those that know what that is um and then i think ten dollars they started with a shoe they'd open up whatever table you wanted so they had three card poker ultimate texas hold'em um, and I, on the first night, like literally I, uh, after that little pajama party, I walked over to the casino with my buddy Brandon and I was like, oh, let's go to the casino. I'm like, yeah, we're shutting down because we haven't had anybody here for three hours. Um, and I'm like, oh, okay. Jeez. So like, I think it took time for people to get kind of activated on the cruise because the second night the casino had people in it, right? There was, you know, the one guy that's just going to play for eight hours at the, the single deck and all that, that single deck too. Right. So, um, oh, wow. Yeah, I had a good time, won some money, which is good. It wasn't enough to pay for the cruise, but it was a nice little installment. Um, There's nothing like winning enough money to pay for the cruise and the casino on the cruise. Let me tell you, it's fantastic. (laughs) I I have yet to receive any offers from Virgin in the mail for like coming back, but I did for other cruises, and so I hope that'll happen. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll come back and gamble some more. 
Well, but um, the, the big question is, did you did you get a tattoo, Patrick? Yeah, I was going to ask that too. <laughs> not only did I not get a tattoo, but I was offered by the tattoo guy to give me a free tattoo. So really? on the night that we were all dancing, having fun outside, the guy's like, look, you guys are really cool. I'll give you a tattoo tomorrow. And I just didn't follow up on it. But I, I do want – I have intentions of getting a tattoo to match my wife. So – on my they, they didn't think take a, one of their like bumper stickers and tr- put it on your shirt. Yeah, they put a bumper. Yeah, across your chest is like I heart water parks. Basically, <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll surprised when that happens. And then we're kind of coming to the final ends of the show, and you know you have two big questions for us. I have two big questions. Yeah. Well, about the overall experience, right? Things that we like, things that we don't like, that kind of stuff. Yeah, like you know, well, some some final thoughts. It's like you know, what's 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 everybody's you know big takeaway impression from from your experience, and and a follow up. Um, what are what are the some top things you know that you would do differently and improve upon? I mean, I, I think overall, it's just, you know, cut to the chase. It was a fantastic experience, but do it again in a heartbeat. Um, can't wait for this Mediterranean in mm-hmm. May. That's going to be amazing. Um, but, you know, there there were hiccups for sure. There are things that were done really well and some things that could use improvement. I think we've touched on them in the app. Um, Wyatt and Patrick seemed to be a little more enthused with the entertainment than I was. I thought it was a lot of it was, you know, what are the kids saying today? Cringy. Um, mm. And I did not, I, a lot of the shows I just was like, mm, we could do better. Um, but it, just fantastic. I know they kind of set out and maybe Jeremy, you know, this too, or can speak to it that they are here to try and disrupt the cruise industry. And I don't know if it's a disruption. It's an evolution, not a revolution. Um, but there's a lot going for it, and I would do it again, no hesitation. Good value, good value for money. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I would totally do it again too. I think checks all the boxes, and I think in today's era of so many ships are bigger, bigger, bigger. This isn't that. I was actually surprised at how narrow parts of the of the ship were <laughs> upper decks. Um, and so is, I think that good in between where you get the full cruise, but it's not five, 6,000 people mobs and you never even see the ocean cause you don't have to type thing. <laughs> um, I think, as we said, food was a big one. I'm very curious long-term just kind of how it evolves, um, and where they find their ways. Alex said, it's, I think evolution. Um, my biggest kind of hurdle was just, as we said, finding all the, info and whether that's the app or on board or almost like screens that could have said like, Hey, here's the agenda of stuff Mm -hmm. happening today. Other things like that. I felt like I was missing out. Like there was stuff that was happening that I didn't know about that. I wish I had. Was there, was there a channel on the TV in the, in the state rooms that, that had the schedule of events and things like that? Maybe I, we actually never turned on our TV in our cabin. <laughs> yeah. Beyond the safety video. I never had the TV on. Yeah. It, was, it was above the romance, but below the hangover. Maybe yeah. Not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, the yeah. only time I ever turned the TV on, on a cruise is when I'm on a Disney cruise and I, I put on the, the Mickey mouse cartoon channel and that just yeah. plays 24 <laughs> seven. Well, the other thing that I like I said, I'd spent a couple of years. I think it was 2017 or 16 was the last time I was on a cruise. So it's changed. Obviously, everything in the industry continues to evolve. Having free Wi-Fi constantly, great. 
would use the app. We could stay in touch with each other. We could find each other. But I got work emails buzzing through. I got work texts buzzing through. You couldn't have that. I'm on a cruise and I'm disconnecting and I'm just mm-hmm. going off grid. Because you oh, you, there was there wasn't a choice to just be on their like intranet, you know, not connected to the wider internet. Their default internet Wi-Fi got you everything. You could pay wow. up to get like streaming, um, if you wanted more high speed. But it was internet. I you, yeah, I was doing everything. And yes, I could have gone to my phone and turned off notifications on certain apps and all that, but that was my, and that's, I think a personal hang up and as the whole industry shifts and everywhere to mobile stuff and Wi-Fi, I miss that ability to like fully disconnect. Yeah. You just have to delete your Outlook app. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wyatt, I'm the same way. I like to be disconnected when I'm on the cruise too. Only yeah. one time that I have ever paid for Wi-Fi when it was, I went on a last minute cruise and I still had work I had to do and I had to upload stuff and download stuff. So, but yeah, generally when I'm on a cruise, uh, I like that disconnect as well. So yeah. So just warning for when you ever go on one of these. <laughs> I appreciate the warning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then for me, I would just say, you know, I actually I actually think that this was a revolution, Alex. All right. I think it was on many elements. I, I think that I, I think I can only summarize it as saying they put it's like old Vegas and New Vegas. They put Cosmo on a cruise. Very much that I, I stand by that. Um, the food was unbelievable. Um, I think the programming they did, right? They didn't do these big elaborate theaters that are set, you know, they did these multi space, multi space things. I would agree with you, right? The entertainment was a little, you know, kind of, I don't want to say predictable, but it was just kind of like, okay. Um, at least the shit, like the, the, the song and dance shows, the little intimate shows I thought were a little whimsical and fun. But nothing that you wouldn't see like in the lounge, right? Where they do the hypnotizer and all that, you know. So it was, it was, it, it, it did some interesting things. Like I was blown away by the nightclub, uh, that multi-purpose space. Like that's huge. I've never seen that. Usually you're on your cruise, a nightclub is like this little small little multi-purpose space with like a bar in it, and you're overlooking something, and it's, uh, you know. So I thought that was great. I mean, if you're in that twenty to forty to fifty, or the kid at heart, um, I, I think that if you're gonna have a great time, if you enjoy going to Vegas. Uh, and you like food. If you like food, you're good no matter what. <laughs> if you like that kind of active vibe, right? The virgin vibe. Um, you know, I, I couldn't recommend this enough. Uh, I, I Obviously, the, the, there have been some bones to pick. I have a, I have a, you know, we've already mentioned the app was a little glitchy, right? Um, I'm going to say the one thing that happened that was the most disappointing thing that I really had a really tough time getting over. Um, Wyatt knows this already. I'm uh, so we, going, though. <laughs> which is just programming, right? So we're watching the entertainment. Um, you know, we're it was part of that entertainment video where there, were, there was that band that was playing that Bruno Mars. The venue was popping. Everyone was having a great time. Everything was fantastic. Now I remember. Yeah. And the band stopped. And then the DJ that came up next wasn't there. So they played like a very soft, quiet song. And then the whole venue left, even though there was a DJ to come afterwards. And I felt like the, that DJ should have kept the vibe going, played another song, and kept the vibe happening. I, I never. It was. It was like it was a slot. It was. It was. It was uh, malpractice. <laughs> Criminal <laughs> travesty. That DJ did. Why? I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. We were up on the upper deck of that club, kind of watching it all, and it was probably the busiest we'd seen that venue the whole trip, before and afterwards, and it was. Everyone's vibing, having fun. It was that perfect 
enough people without feeling crammed. And that transition happened and it was record scratch. It was done. And I think the DJ was actually out there starting some of it, but they just kind of were like, Oh, well, thanks everybody. And DJ's coming on and he did it. All the techs come out to clear the band, the stage for the band equipment and almost shooed some people away, but it was just like, Ooh, well, party's done. Everyone leave. Yeah. But they could have probably kept people for two more hours in there. Yeah. And they would have been a kid buying. I mean, all you needed was the DJ to come, like, go, hey, everybody, I'm here to play, and then play a, a, a wedding song. Play the, you know. It was, yeah, it was also just the type of music. You need that same play a song or two to transition to whatever you're going to, but yeah. it was just pure record scratch. So it kind of is a running joke of <laughs> that night. We're like, don't have that. Mm. So. <laughs> But we just moved the party somewhere else ourselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's awesome. I, you know, thank you guys so much for coming on and giving us your impressions. Uh, I'm super pumped to go on a Virgin cruise. I'm hoping to go on one this year. So. Yeah. Me too. Me too. <laughs> I must say, before we wrap up, uh, I must say, uh, mark your calendars, everybody. We're going to have our uh, TETV special presentation, Black History Month. Uh, coming up on February 14th at 2 p.m. Pacific and 5 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we're going to have Free Forge and Dam and Nick Taylor, at least. Uh, the, the actual the Rolodex is growing. Uh, hosted by Sarah Beal Sager. And this is presented by Big Break Foundation. So come back for that. Uh, make sure you subscribe to us, our newsletter on you know, themedexperiencetelevision.com or themedexperiencetv.com. Follow us on Facebook. Subscribe on YouTube, LinkedIn, all of our places. Uh, we want to make sure we get to you. And of course, thank you, Jeremy, Wyatt, Alex, for joining us, and for I mean, joining me. Right? It's kind of I, I was kind of a guest on this show, which is always <laughs> fun. Uh, and Andy, thanks to you. Happy birthday, Andy! Shall we sing him Happy Birthday one last oh, time? Oh, it's okay. Oh. You don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Happy birthday, Andy! Happy thank birthday. you guys so much. yeah we'll tell you we're uh themed experience uh theme park design museum design entertainment design that's what we're all about subscribe like us themed experience television buddy (laughs) thank you for watching everyone thank you great thank you